Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, we're all in take five. The Horn. Listen on the Horn app. Hornfm.com. 101.9. AM 1260. Good morning. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Mornings. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Wednesday on Ian Rod B on the Horn, the new Horn, Horn 2.0 on the Horn app, hornfm.com, 101.9 FM, and of course, AM 1260 on that AM dial. Had a nice lunch yesterday with some partners of the radio station. Was uh, happy to hear all the uh, the guys there loving having the Horn app. They listen on the Horn app anyhow and are locked in. And, nice. Uh, Love it. And uh, had some some Twitter correspondence with folks last night about that Horn app. Actually sent them the link to the Horn app and how easy it is to download and use. We hope you are doing just that and enjoying the program for five hours, five days a week. Austin's only local morning sports conversation. And we know this, Rod, with the uh, digital reach. We are not just local. We talk local topics, right? The Longhorns. Baby. Yeah, we yeah. talk Longhorns like nobody's business. Going behind the burnt orange curtain last hour. Rod's rant coming up. Texas football 24 days out. Cowboys. The stories you care about most, but uh, you know, even if you live in Dallas or Houston or San Antonio, all over the country, you're Port- not going to hear Puerto Rico, wherever you are. Costa you're not going to hear the in-depth Texas no. football. Texas We've actually had people that don't hit you up be like, "Hey, man, I'm in Costa Rica. I got to go for, for the job." But I other than that, we've yes, had people exactly. in like Beijing. Be yeah, like, yeah, I'm listening right now. It's the middle of the night. But. That's awesome. Like, those are the coolest stories. You're like, wow, that's mind blowing, and that nothing kind of touches you more as an on-air personality than someone going out of their way in another country to, well, to try and, to connect with you. Appreciate I've, that love. Since I've you know gotten into sports radio, I've always felt like the, to me, you know, don't take yourselves too seriously, but at the same time, you know, when, when, when a consumer comes to listen to your show, which you appreciate, it's like turning on the lights in the bathroom in the morning. You just want the lights to come on. You just want to hear the, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? You want yeah, the yeah, hot yeah. water to work. That's a great point. <laughs> you just want the content to be what you're looking for. Yeah. And um, I can understand and then certainly respect the frustration fan, uh, listeners have with, you know, the one the t- signal on 101.9. That you can hear it really good in some areas out north, but not a lot. Same thing. That's why the, you know, the, the Horn app is your, your luxury and it's so easy to use. It doesn't cost you anything. It's absolutely free. No yep. subscription. Uh, no, no hoops to jump through to, to listen to it. Just download it to your smartphone and take us wherever you go and listen to us. And we'll be there talking about the things you want to hear about. And Ty, we Go are shizzle. several people have asked about the uh, the podcast because one of the things we also have at hornfm.com is if you can't listen one morning but you want to go back and listen to any of the five hours, they are going to be there for you uh, hour by hour. Correct. Correct. Uh, if you look up Horn FM on any of your podcast providers, you should be able to find uh, this show and the Sports Complex on there. Uh, and then we've. I also built out a individual playlist, so you should be able to look if you look up mornings with Rod, E and Rod B. Also, there will be a playlist there filled with the podcast. There you go. 
Uh, CB on Twitter in the Great Northwest says, y'all yes, start up here at 4 a.m., and here I am locked in, 4 a.m. My man CB. I always appreciate my man CB showing some love. Oh, how do you I also not? learned from CB that uh, Greg Brown signed a training camp deal with the Mavs. The former player at Vandergrift. Yes. Yeah. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, I'll be listening from Budapest in 19 days. Hey! <laughs> That'll be the week of the Longhorn oh. opener. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll be heavy Longhorns. Yeah. Exactly. Where else you got to go to get the deep dives on Texas football? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> we appreciate you, though. No, nowhere. No question. Certainly not between 6 and 11 in the morning. Uh, I know that for sure as we're cranking this thing up and excited to be doing it. We're also excited for the fella or the uh, young lady in Florida who bought the only Mega Millions lottery ticket last night that hit 1.58. I wonder how old she is. Not you worrying about the or age. He, we don't even know. Or he, you're right. And you may be. never know. Florida man on the loose. Florida man. Hopefully Florida man did not win it. Oh, man. You imagine Florida man with $1.5 billion? Oh, A lot of that. jet skis. A <laughs> <laughs> whole fleet of jet skis. <laughs> Why don't you just buy a yacht? No, man. Fleet of jet skis is much cooler than a yacht. <laughs> one of the uh, Florida man. Of, I, I will always say this, Rod. One of the wealthiest people I know and one of uh, the smarter people I know has always told me if it, the three Fs, if it floats, flies, or the other F, rent it. Oh, that, that's true. <laughs> wow, I like that. I like that's that. That's a good if one. It floats, flies, or. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Rent it. Because that's depreciating value. <laughs> it is. <laughs> all, all three? <laughs> all three are. <laughs> Say what you want. What, what is it in Texas, 60 40? <laughs> yeah, they're all depreciating value, they're depreciating assets. So oh, you want to invest in something that's going to appreciate. That I'm was just, just his advice. That's great advice. I've never been in a position financially to rent or buy any of those things. Well, you know, I've been married for 25 years, but, you know, no plans to go that. Uh, been, Still renting it? <laughs> says been, no, absolutely not. Been commuting, been commuting 25 years to Austin to Temple. Usually listen to the Horn app, but the 1260 signal comes in loud and clear. There you All go. the way to Temple. Hey, whatever fits your lifestyle best, we're just trying to offer you as many solutions as possible. We get it. It's, you know, tough sometimes. We're always trying to improve. That's well. right. Well, and there again, there's, right, a, there's a plan to improve the 1019 signal. That's that's coming. Don't can't even put a timeline on that, but hopefully sooner than later. But uh, you know, we we you know, if you want to consume this product, we want you to be able to hear it and give you as many options as you can. That really is the goal. And uh, understand frustration, but at the same time, uh, until we get that right, make sure you're you're locking it in on that Horn app, hornfm.com. Find the podcast and uh, join us each and every morning for five hours, five days a week. Can we um, get to the headlines, trending topics, to start this Wednesday morning? There are plenty, including some good baseball last night. How about we start in Omaha last night? Vanderbilt freshman phenom Kumar Rocker. Well, that was odd. I, yeah, I didn't. where did that come the from? The computer is giving me a lot of trouble <laughs> again today. That's, that's, that's a gremlin. creepy. <laughs> Kumar Rocker. Hey, we'll start with the big leagues. And, yeah, what a night in Baltimore last night. Astros stunned the AL East leading the Orioles in the first game of that showdown series. Between AL heavyweights, Birds jumped all over a not-sharp Houston ace, Framber Valdez, in that game. Played at a three-spot in the first inning, added two more in the second. They're up 5 nothing, and they remain in control of the game all the way to the ninth inning. Up 6-3 to three in the ninth, and they called on their lights-out closer, Felix Bautista, to end the ball game. He entered the frame with 30 saves on the year and an ERA of .85. He walked John Singleton, the newly called up John Singleton, to start the inning. Then singles for Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez loaded the bases with one out. And that brought up Houston's all-star Kyle Tucker. Tucker fell behind the closer to 0-2. 
Um, oh, two, no balls, two strikes. Tucker fouled off a number of pitches, worked the count back to 2-2, and then didn't foul off the ninth pitch he saw in the at-bat. Tucker sends one to Cosantan there. All the way back and gone. He did it. He did it. A grand slam in the ninth. What an event by Kyle Tucker. King Tuck is now invading by sea. And one of the great at-bats of the season against one of the best closers in the game. Astros go up 7-6. Houston closer Ryan Presley got the final three outs, three up, three down in the ninth, and Houston takes game one. They still trail the streaking Rangers by three games in the LS. That's because late last night in Oakland, Texas took care of their business thanks to their newly added ace, Max Scherzer. Scherzer struck out six over seven three-hit innings. Rangers won their eighth straight 6-1. to one. Uh, Del Diamond, Round Rock doubled up Albuquerque 10-5. to five. And how about a double-A Amarillo last night, former Longhorn, Ivan Melendez belted his 27th home run of his first pro season. And since his move to the double-A level, Melendez has played 19 games with the Amarillo Sod Poodles. He's hitting 325, leads all of double-A ball since coming up, and RBI slugging and tied for home runs with nine. News from the 40 Acres, Texas quarterback Quinn Yours has been named to the 2023 Davio Brian Awards preseason watch list. The uh, redshirt sophomore, one of 35 quarterbacks across the country to make that list, including last year's winner, Caleb Williams at USC. Uh, also out of the Big 12, Kansas's Jalen Daniels, K-State's Will Howard, Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel made the list in the preseason, as did the Clemson quarterback and former Westlake standout, Cade Klubnick. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Kyle Tucker's clutch Grand Slam home run, down three with one out in the top of the ninth. Um, he's the first player this season to hit a Grand Slam in the ninth inning or later with his team trailing by three. Uh, might be one of the most clutch at, you know, clutch at bats of the season. On the road this year for Kyle Tucker, how about these <laughs> standout performances? He has a three-home run game on the road this year. Uh, he had a 20-plus game hitting streak uh, going on on the road this year, and he hit a grand slam, of course, uh, that we just mentioned with his team down three in the ninth. The only other player um, that has accomplished all three of those feats on the road in their entire career was Babe Ruth. God. And Kyle Tucker's done it in a season, so he's uh, – He's, he should buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> Kyle Tucker's got yeah, – it ain't luck for him, though. He's got some skill. He's got some skills to go yeah, along with that. Great young player. The, the next guy, Houston, would like to lock up to a long-term contract to keep that winning going because you – how long can the Astros keep winning? Well, as long as they keep developing players like Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and you know Chaz McCormick and Yiner Diaz at catcher. I mean, they, they seem to have another wave of young guys coming. And Kyle Tucker is in the, the the thick of that conversation for sure. So, yeah, that was fun. And it just, you know, the Astros will, will battle you. That's just what they're going to do. Uh, they may not – this year they don't feel like they're as consistently good and they, they lose to some teams in games they yeah. shouldn't. Injuries, though, have also yeah. rocked them this year. They've had more injuries this year than they've had any time during the run. You're 100% right about yeah. that, especially in their starting rotation with, you know, Luis Garcia's injury mm. and Urquidy was down for us. You know, Lance McCullers never came back. Yep. Uh, gosh, you know, J.P. France has been a godsend for them, the uh, rookie right-hander uh, this year. But, yeah, to get Justin Verlander, to get Urquidy back, and now they have six starters and they feel like they can make a run. And last night's another example of just how uh, – that's one that could stagger Baltimore. And they're, they're a young team that that's how they've won. They're clutch hitting, you know, hitting the contact. They don't have anybody on their offense that's having like an MVP caliber kind of year. But that bullpen is lockdown. I mean, they just – if they mm-hmm. get into the seventh inning with a lead, they beat you. Uh, and the Astros got him last night and beat one of the best closers in baseball on a 101-mile-an-hour fastball. 
And that was your uh, – and it took, you know, John Singleton walking and a single for Altuve, which was a little flare, and then a good at-bat for Jordan to load the bases. And uh, Bregman struck out in the middle of that. But it was uh, Tucker with the big swing, and the Astros get game one, game two tonight. But the Rangers, they're, they're fine. They're, they're eight in a row handling their business. Uh, this is going to be a good race. I, as I said this earlier, and I'll say it all the way to uh, the postseason, if we don't get a Rangers-Astros series of some kind Oof, in the postseason – we will be cheated as fans because those two together in a playoff series. I mean, if it was an ALCS, that'd be great. But even if it's a, you know, I'm wherever they play them, they need that to happen. Oh yeah, this rivalry has never been this good. Uh, obviously, within the division now, and just a couple of Rangers Nuggets for you. They have won eight straight. That is a season best eight straight for them, and that's that's their longest win streak. Since they uh, won 10 straight in 2017, it was May of 2017, and it is uh, they are 22 games above 500 for the first time since the end of 2016. And they're really good. Corey Seager hit another home run last night. He's batting like 350 on the year. Oh, he went three or five. Yeah, he's a Corey beast. Seager is awesome. <laughs> the shift rule changes have helped him out yeah. so much this year. Well, he and Mark and Simeon, you know, the Astros and Rangers have different philosophies. The Astros typically don't get into the free agent market and get into the to the bidding wars for the big name free agents. The Rangers have, and with Simeon and Seager, it's absolutely been the right call. Uh, they have brought some some high level talent to that lineup each and every day. Uh, no question about it. This says catcher dropped a foul or you know, a foul tip, or Tucker would have struck out. That's true. I mean, that was why it was a great at bat because there was one. I think it was like 102 miles an hour right down the middle, and Tucker swung through it, and it, and it tipped it tipped his bat, and it would have been if the catcher catches it, it's out, game's over. He dropped it. Mm. He also fouled a couple off that were high and outside. He just kept battling, and he ended up getting the pitch that uh, he could he could handle and turn around because you know if it's coming 101. Rod, you just got to put good wood on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you square it up, smoking. if you square it up, it'll go. And Tucker did just that, and the Astros get the win, and we'll see game two tonight. They've got an afternoon game on Thursday uh, in Baltimore. Rangers continue to take on the 50-game under 500 Oakland A's, 32-82. and 82. They're, they're, to them, they're doing good because they're trying to lose. <laughs> they're awful. They're doing, a, they're doing an amazing it's almost, job. It's embarrassing <laughs> to watch them play. Of, of losing. It they're, really is. Which they're trying hey, to do. So uh, we'll get a Rod's rant of the day coming up at the bottom of the hour, the first of Rod's uh, strong takes of the morning. Also, we'll get Bullshism. some uh, bullish and BS coming up. But how about Greg Sankey? We'll talk more about hard knocks. We heard Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and we'll talk uh, hard knocks the debut last night. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the star of that. Also, was a surprise to see how much that you know uh, show FaceTime Zach Wilson got the backup quarterback. Did a little interview with him, which he's was another cool. great storyline too. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's good looking and he's you know he's actually pretty pretty funny, pretty yeah. outgoing. Yeah, uh, you know, the former his second mom, pick of the draft. His mom needs to come around. I'm sure at one point <laughs> his mom will be seen. She brings her friends around. Hey now, exactly, hey and the friends around and the milk well, get the milk storyline too. And I know I was thinking Love of that, you man. watching uh, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner go head to head. Those oh. two are going to make each other. I mean, you got the rookies of the year, both offensive and defensive. What a draft they had, and those two are challenging one another. Training camp is yes, great. You know, the best I'm going to see all year might be right here, and they're getting better in camp every day. But we'll get into that coming up, and more from uh, Hard Knocks, more from the Cowboys camp. But let me uh, mention Greg Sankey, Rod, because Greg Sankey is you know, is it fair to say the most powerful voice in college, certainly college football, but college athletics. If there was going to be a commissioner of college football, I think he would be at the top of the list for most people. All right, so Greg Sankey went on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, which is, you know, that's, that's comfortable territory for him. But Paul Feinbaum asked really good questions, I thought, yesterday. And this was his per- first public voice for Greg Sankey since the Pac-12 implosion of last week and the, for, you know, the changing face of college athletics. Uh, by the way, Rod, that was changed even more yesterday with the reports that the ACC is now vetting SMU. 
SMU, SMU, and they're willing to take a discount. I mean, they're willing to give a well, discount, I should say. SMU because will crawl over glass to get into the ACC. Yeah, so they're basically, some people say they're going to go in and, and take like a fraction of the revenue share just to get to the ACC. And it's smart. It is. Well, to get uh, on a ship, man, because otherwise yours might be sinking. Getting that 64. Getting that 64. <laughs> Which would be 67 if they add these three schools to the ACC. But yeah, according to the reports, SMU, they're being vetted as a potential expansion target. The ACC is saying, look, if we're going to add potentially Cal and Stanford, the mm-hmm. lame ducks out of the Pac-12, why don't we consider the Metroplex and SMU and tapping into the state of Texas if we're going to grow to the West? And, you know, that's that's interesting. But uh, Greg Sankey, uh, you know, among the headline-making notes he said yesterday, uh, that, that SEC leaders met last Friday and that they are not looking to be part of the latest realignment phase. They're not interested. Because uh, there was immediate talk of Florida State, yep. Clemson, they're mm-hmm. going to join. What about 18? And I think Greg Sankey wanted to diffuse that, saying, look, we're happy at 16. We're, we're adding Texas and Oklahoma. We want to sit right there. Um, let's, let's hear from Greg Sankey on, on, on one of these conversations that we had yesterday. Um, but let's hear the, the first one I sent you there, T.Y., about, it, you know, this is, he's not happy with where this stands, even though they kind of started this with the Texas and Oklahoma grab a couple of summers ago or several A&M summers too. ago. <laughs> yeah, A&M before that in 2011. Here's Greg Sankey speaking frankly on the newly diminished state of the Pac-12. There was plenty of criticism back in 2021 at the surprise nature of our Oklahoma and Texas announcement. Yet from that point forward, we and those two universities and our entire conference has sought to be orderly in the process and respectful in our communication. And I think we've done that. Um, I, I will opine publicly that I think the, the speculation and some of the pronouncements we've seen since that time about growth or directional growth uh, is problematic. And, and even for me, uh, with the security of the Southeastern Conference, whether it was Friday afternoon or through the day Saturday, fielding phone calls, which really were more uh, conversations, what do you think's happening? There's nobody calling me, um, it, it, you know, seeking or demanding entry, a, a lot of commentary publicly. You know, it just wasn't one of those great feelings to work in college sports in, in my experience. Um, and again, I take responsibility where we've made moves, but there was something different last week um, about really the still questions around the existence of the Pac-12 conference given its its long and storied history. All right, so there's uh, Greg Sankey, not uh, mm. not a fan of what went on. And he added to that, Rod, mm. that I think it's interesting that he now believes that the 12-team playoff, which hasn't even begun yet, <laughs> you know, the 12-team playoff, yeah. which is starting in 2024, and there's been an agreement that it was going to be six, the t- the you know, six conference champions and then six at-large teams was yep. going to be the format. He is now wa- wavering on that, saying, you know what, we did that because there were five Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. and then we were going to grab the best at large of the group, group of five. five. Yep. You know, think of a Tulane last year, or a mm-hmm. you know the best in the you know so the the, the the you know the highest ranked champion of the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Pac-12 would all be in the Big Twelve. They'd all be guaranteed, and then you'd have one at large. That's your six, and then there's six at large teams. What Sank- what Sankey is now saying is with the implosion of the Pac-12, there's only four power conferences. So. Let's do four guarantees, at least, or, or maybe five, and the fifth would be that 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 you know the, the highest ranked outside the power four, and then you'd have seven at-large teams. As a, he, 
He didn't say that number, but that's mm. essentially what he's saying. Instead yeah, of six. Let's have seven. He just said he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to guarantee a spot to a conference that may, is basically defunct. He may not have to worry about it if the Pac-12 totally implodes. Right. But yeah, why do that? And he knows the SEC is going to win anyway because we have a lot of open at-large bids. Then and the if seven brand. of them, probably three of them are going to be SEC. Teams. Right. Your, your champion will be in, and then three others. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He knows that, so he's going to win either well, way. But yeah. I don't think he's wrong. No, he's not wrong. I don't people, think he's wrong. People talk about top-heavy and SEC, but. You know, if if the the remain look if if obviously if Stanford and Cal and SMU were to join the ACC, they're now in the ACC. You know, whatever's left of the Pac-12, the Washington States, the uh, Oregon States, you know, they're going to merge with the Mountain West. They can't keep Power Five status. That becomes no. a, that becomes a group of that's six. Un, that's untenable. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, and they can't have a guaranteed spot. Uh, they can get one as an at-large or as one of those, you know, five. But I think what he's saying is instead of six and six, let's go five and seven. I agree with him. Um, I, I think. I don't necessarily think they're they're done with a realignment, but he does say that he's done with like this round of realignment. I think Florida State, it depending on when they leave, because their regents and a lot of their representatives are saying that it's not a matter of if, but when Florida State leaves the ACC, if they leave and it becomes a bidding war, oh man, they can't let they can't let Florida State go to to the Big Ten. Well, you would I mean, have to – if you the SEC, you'd have to act at that point. You would have to. But at the same time, they have a granting of rights that, again, lawyers have looked through this thing, and they're, it's ironclad. The Florida State guy says we're not concerned with it. He said that document, our lawyers say it's not an issue. Well, I, our, I, I, my lawyers are better than your lawyers. I'll wait for Let's that go. fight. <laughs> Bring me Johnny Cochran. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go because they're saying it's – I mean, because the ACC's locked up through 2036. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got 13 years of granting of rights that they'd have to buy out of or at least get out from under. Hey. And the other thing I would add to that is it's ESPN and ESPN. So ESPN carries the ACC contract and mm-hmm. the SEC as of 2024. They're in no hurry to give the ACC more money. We've, no. We've already got you locked in. And Florida State. They're treating it like Zach Martin. They're like, <laughs> we got you locked up already. I'll just say it's, Florida State's not like, it's not like Florida State's <laughs> trying to go from you know, ESPN's umbrella to Fox. Where there no. could be a, a, a bigger pay. No, it, it's ESPN to ESPN. It might be tough, but they, they don't seem concerned about it. They keep saying, you know, we're trying to get the hell out of well, the Well, and ACC. think about it this way. When you think of the Game of Thrones that's going on, mm-hmm. it, it, it's TV networks. And why was Texas and why were Texas and Oklahoma able to get out a year early and, and negotiate? Because Fox and ESPN were partners with Texas and, Fox, and then the yeah. Big 12, right? So they used the ESPN wanted to get this thing going. Uh, to join it in 2024, so they worked with Fox to flip the Michigan game home and home and do some things to make it worth their while. But that was ESPN and Fox negotiating mm-hmm. to allow that to happen. With Florida State, it's ESPN and ESPN. So there's nearly no you're, – you're negotiating with yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. But say, their we'll lawyers see. might be better. We'll see. I know they're saying that. I don't know how Florida State's going to I don't know how it's going to be pulled off. But yeah, they claim I, you, that they there is do no it. doubt Florida State and Clemson would love to make it happen. Yeah. And realignment, I'm telling you, money talks. Well, I think at the end of the day, the most palatable <laughs> conversation is we just need to have more money. Like, like you got to take take some away from Wake Forest and Virginia and Duke and all these other schools and give it to us. He said even that is not really realistic because the amount that you would have, the uneven share you would give us oh, yeah. would be basically a situation that they think would make other teams a little bit 
upset and disgruntled. Oh, that was about for them sure. getting like fifty. They'd get like forty percent of the revenue share, and you're dividing up sixty percent between everybody else. Oh yeah. So that's not that's not a situation that you know is, is stable. Is stable, yeah, and sustainable either. So I don't know what's going to happen. But Florida State is saying the quiet part out loud that they want out, and it's not a matter of if, but when they leave the ACC. And they don't even know where the hell they're going. They're just saying that. <laughs> get us out of here. <laughs> just get us out of here. Well, they may be kind of screwed. Are they going to join here. the Big Twelve? Hey, you know what? Brad Yarbrough go and welcome them in. Central Florida's already over there. And when I say Brad Yarbrough, he'll be like, Florida State, we'll take you. Come on. Hey, now. <laughs> All right, coming up, it is Rod's rant of the day. Looking forward to this. What are we ranting on this morning there? Uh, we're going to talk about Hard Knocks, actually. We'll talk about Hard Knocks. And uh, I did some deep dive research of on Hard Knocks. And, um, Honestly, the odds, I would say, in history are against this, the Jets and them being a potential playoff team this year. Or a team that's going to make a run in the playoffs, either one. Rolling on. Also, before yeah. the end of the hour, it's bullish or BS on some big topics in the sports landscape on a Wednesday morning. Here on the Horn, uh, lock it in on the Horn app, hornfm.com. Of course, AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the Horn. Dang. There you go. Hey, before the top of the hour, we'll hit the uh, bullish or BS conversations in the morning, including how about up at uh, TCU, Rod? Story of a 455-pound freshman offensive lineman. Oh yeah, he's huge, man. <laughs> to say the least, are we he's bullish huge, or is that BS? Uh, we'll hit that coming up. Also, we'll uh, hear from Johnny Manziel on how much once he got to the Cleveland Browns, how much film study he actually did. Remember, Kyler Murray had the contractual yeah stipulation stipulation of he you know he had to watch X amount of film. I think we can trace that back to Johnny Manziel while he was a Cleveland Brown. And on the heels of our conversation yesterday about the lady down in uh, Silsby, Texas, who got attacked by the <laughs> snake, dropped on her, and then attacked by the hawk, and that oh. went viral like crazy. Everybody loved that story. How about this? Florida researchers Help me, Jesus. have found a whole five-foot alligator inside the belly of a massive Burmese python. Not surprised. It's Florida. Look at that. It's an, Florida, man. An entire five-foot alligator. Yeah. Inside. A Burmese python. Yeah, because of some of the wild animals that have been released, like in Florida, I read an article about how the ecosystem is all kind of screwed up because they've released like some of these, some kind of this strange, uh, you know, like animals. The Lion from, King or whatever, the Tiger King. Well, they, yeah, they just kind of some of them either have gotten loose or they were released into the wild, and some of these exotic species from around the world weren't supposed to be in these Florida swamp ecosystems, and they oh just gosh. run rampant. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so Florida's a Florida's a crazy place, man. And in addition to that, yes, a gator might just come after you too. You might get attacked by a random gator. Yeah. That could happen. That does have people's dogs get eaten by gators in Florida. I've heard it called the uh, mm. the the most flaccid state in America, the dong of America, <laughs> the low hanging fruit of America. It's also uh, uh, the home a, of a Mega Millions one point five eight billion dollar winner. One ticket last night. Ching you know, ching. We don't know who it is, and you're saying we you, you, if they do it right, we'll never know who it is. What you're saying. Well, that's what the if advice of the it, experts they do would it be. Right, we'll never Stay know. anonymous. Change all have your a, emails. Have your lawyer go do all the stuff for you. I, I, hire a lawyer. They get their percent, and oh, yeah, you just yeah. remain anonymous. I thought you had to public like it's you don't. a public record, is it not? Now, different states are different. 
but I don't believe you have to tell anyone. Uh, you may have to sign up with like the gambling, like the lottery commission, to let them know who you are. Yeah. But it doesn't have to go public. It doesn't have to be out there. Um, oh man, I would love so to, to win the lottery it. and not tell any of my family that I won the lottery and just start giving them random cash. Like, you need some cash? You good? Yeah, just take that. Take that hundred G's right there. What? Yeah, just take it. What's just going take- on, Rod? Christmas <laughs> is all different now. <laughs> exactly. You walk out there, just got car. Mama got your brand new car. Pops, that's your car down probably, right there. Yeah, and just you, never tell them exactly where I got the money. Just freaking about. Would you? Would you tell your closest <laughs> friends or family, or just? not I wouldn't at all? tell anybody. I'd be giving them stuff, but I'm not telling anybody I won a lottery. I'm just start being very generous to people. You know, it'd get out on Facebook or something. Yeah, I'm just still be very generous. Like your phone. Phone starts ringing. Yeah, boom. But yeah, I'm not. No, I don't want people to know I got that much money. I'm Trust with you. Me, I went to the NFL and I didn't. I didn't win the lottery, but people knew I had some money, and it can get uncomfortable. <laughs> you can get uncomfortable. You can get uncomfortable. Hey, you yeah. want to want to invest in my new restaurant? Yeah, oh, <laughs> so many investment opportunities you get, and some of them are probably good. But you're like, hey, I'm just trying to worry about keeping a job in one of the hardest leagues uh, oh. to maintain. And so, yeah. Well, speaking of that league, last night was the debut of Hard Knocks on HBO, and I believe that's going to be the uh, theme of our first Roz rant of a Wednesday morning. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back. Time for Rod's Round today. And I want to talk about Hard Knocks a little bit. So uh, there are a lot of people excited about the Jets. They're going to be playing in what I believe, I think we all agree, is the toughest division now in the NFL. Got the Bills. They're still going to be that. a powerhouse. Miami's going to be much better. Got Vic Fangio now as a D.C. to take over the defense. Jalen Ramsey, he's dealing with an injury, but he'll be back. And that's an upgrade on defense. So I think Miami's going to be legit. And the Patriots. The Patriots won't be a – it's not a pushover. They're not the Patriots with Tom Brady as the quarterback, but they're not a pushover. They still got uh, Belichick, so they'll, they won't be an easy win. And then you have the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 which are the story of the offseason so far. Um, the NFL is, you know, America's number one TV show, and right now one of, I think, the most interesting of, of those characters is the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And remember, we, you talked about it yesterday – uh, e that Hall of Fame game Jets uh, played well, didn't say played in, but they uh, participated in. Aaron Rodgers players who will never line. play for the Jets. Exactly. Play in. <laughs> yeah. um, but they ended up getting some of the highest ratings we've ever seen for a preseason game. Actually, got higher ratings than the NBA playoffs did. It's crazy. So people are just really thirsty for football. They have an appetite for it. They're Joneses for it. But also, people are just captivated by this Jet story with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. So uh, there are some people picking the Jets to win the division and to make a playoff run. Uh, I went and looked at the Hard Knocks uh, series since 2001, the 20 teams that have participated in Hard Knocks, to try to see what their 
playoff success stories were like and how many of them actually won playoff games. Out of those 20 teams, seven made the playoffs, which is that's a decent number. Three won, Only three won a playoff game, though, out of the 20 teams since 2001 that have been on hard knock. So I, I went a little bit deeper. I said, okay, so we're just looking at reality-based TV docu-series about NFL teams, and there's the All or Nothing series as well. And you have five NFL teams that have done that. So I went and looked at that series to try to see how many of those teams, it was Arizona, the Rams, Cowboys, Carolina, Philly, how many of them actually won a playoff game. One out of five of that group, uh, which gives you right now four out of 25. I went and looked at the quarterback documentary on Netflix. I mean, you had three quarterbacks. You had Kirk Cousins, you had Marcus Mariota, and, of course, you had Patrick Mahomes. So out of those three uh, quarterbacks who were followed around by a camera crew to make a reality docu-series about their season, you only had one quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl, <laughs> that won playoff games out of those three. So add all that up, all right, and you got 28 Possible uh, situations where there's a docu-series about a team, um, whether you're talking about all or nothing, hard knocks, or you're talking about the quarterback series on Netflix. And out of those 28 possible scenarios, you're talking about now five that won a playoff game. Five that won a playoff game. So I'm I'm not saying that they can't. Win a playoff game. Numbers the Jets. would tell you, they but won't. I'm saying recent history of the reality TV docu series uh, behind the curtain. Yes, being a part of your the cultivation of your culture as a team. That something about it is off. That something about it doesn't lead to playoff success. Now, my theory is simple, and I think it's a simple theory that everybody can uh, relate to. When cameras are around, human beings are just different. Some people are shyer. Some people are more outgoing. Whatever. Cameras are around. People usually aren't their authentic, genuine selves. You get an inauthentic, disingenuous uh, you know, per- projection of whoever that person wants you to think that they are. And this happens in, I think, reality TV, actually, when they have these dating shows. I went and tracked The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right, you, you got tracked four, it. And when you went back and looked at, it, you got forty-seven seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So we're talking about cultivating a, a, a relationship culture, a connection with another human being, with cameras all around you, which means you're probably being disingenuous, you're being inauthentic, you're not your real self, you're away from the real world, you're on some island somewhere, whatever, put, you know, giving you alcohol and you're hanging out in some beautiful, uh, exotic locale, which all these things are, <laughs> you know, they with are mirages. other dudes and yeah, females. All these <laughs> random scenarios, you're competing, whatever it may be. Um, it's not necessarily... The best environment to create a connection, a genuine connection with another human being, which is why when these people leave these situations as a couple, they're almost doomed. They're doomed to fail. Right. It's it's inevitable. So out of those 47 bachelor bachelorette uh, seasons, I found only nine of them are still together. Nine out of forty seven. Nine out of the forty seven are still together. Right. Uh, yeah, it's about, it's about what we expect. You're like, yeah, that's about right. It's, that's those things are doing the said on those shows that because uh, eventually, if you get married or are with that person, they're going to watch the show and they're going to be 
What the hell were you? You were with her too. <laughs> you, you did what? You said what about you me? You said that to her as well. Oh, you kissed her. Then Same you thing went. You said to me. <laughs> what did y'all do in the fantasy suite? Yeah. What was going on yeah, in there? Yeah. Exactly. Over. So, no, it, 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 it's, it's, it's very similar to me because when, at, at that time, these people are trying to create a genuine connection with another human being with cameras around them, with all these extenuating circumstances. It's just not really, like I said, a a a productive environment right, to try to connect with another human being. Same thing when you're trying to cultivate a culture of a football team at its infancy, at the beginning. Training camp, different human beings who are trying to work together toward a common goal and you guys are trying to fit all these different personalities together. All of that happening with some people now being fake some people are now shying away from connecting with their teammates because the cameras are all around. Some people like that. Some people don't like it. And it just creates a, a fake environment. And I think it's tough to cultivate a true culture that is going to be, you know, I, I think that is something that's going to help you. Um, it's something that's beneficial when times get tough late in the season. Injuries, all that mounts up. And then you have to go into playoffs and try to win games against really good teams who have a really productive, a really positive uh, you know, culture that can help them win games. It's a part of the DNA of their team. And I think that ultimately that's why the relationships fail for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And that's why these teams who are on these reality TV docuseries, they have a hard time winning playoff games because it's, a, it's tough to build a culture that way. Well, especially with all the new players and new faces they have yeah. in New York right now. That would be the example we're using. But you're right, because uh, you know, forever, as long as I've covered sports, the, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. It's sacrosanct. It doesn't go exactly. out to anyone yeah, else. It's become well, a now, social media conversation <laughs> yeah. for everybody to well, talk now about. It's, now it's you know cameras everywhere. It's public and can, consumption. And you can see that. There's, I think there's probably a reason the New England Patriots have never been on hard knocks. You're right that. Yeah, so Bill Belichick would not yeah. allow it. He never, they've never been in that list. And they've yeah. had a celebrity quarterback yeah. forever, and for some I don't know reason, how they, they never Kraft did. Robert Kraft has fended that off. But yeah. can I play you a piece of sound from last night's uh, episode number one of Hard Knocks? And this is kind of a cool moment because you know, again, this is video uh, and on TV, but the audio is interesting too. It's Aaron Rodgers talking to Sauce Gardner, the reigning defensive rookie of the year, after Sauce had just talked to Darrell Revis. Darrell Rivas came to practice. Of course, Darrell just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit with Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner. Oh well, essentially yep. said, yeah, he essentially said that can be you. That can be you. That can be you one day. Oh, it it can be him. Is that I, good? Sauce he's Gardner. the first. He's the first rookie to be first team All Pro since Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott was the last. Rookie that He's was first fame. team All Pro, yeah, and that that's how good Sauce Gardner. You don't rookies don't they're not that good, and even today, even today with all the offensive advantages you have, right? Offense with rules are slanted toward offense. All the different schemes offensively, offenses have never been more finely tuned and more prolific. And now you have this guy coming back as a lockdown corner in a time when we thought lockdown corners were disappearing. Yeah. Well, and he's going up against Garrett Wilson, the former Lake Travis Cavalier, on a practice-by-practice basis because uh, this says uh, maybe Hard Knocks is picking bad teams. Well, part of that is they're picking teams that they aren't are, going to be playoff teams. They are, but think about this. How, how often do we have a team go from worst to first in the NFL? A lot. Happens a lot. Yeah. It's the most it's the most parity driven league in in all of major American pro sports. Yeah, from bad to so good. You go quickly. from bad. A lot of teams go from bad to good every year. You have at least three or four teams going from worst to first. It happens a ton. So you can say that, but the NFL is trying to find that team that goes from worst to first. And all or nothing. Do they always pick the worst team? No. Did the quarterback? Well, they pick different teams. So my point is they're 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 switching up. This the Minnesota Vikings were a good team. 
All right, they were thirteen and four. They didn't win a playoff game though, and I was tracking teams that won a playoff game. They didn't win a playoff game. No, they didn't. They lost to the Giants and looked terrible so, doing uh, it. You, you can say what you want about oh, they pick bad teams. Like, well, go look at how many teams go from worst to first in the NFL. It is actually one of the the stats the NFL is most proud of because they champion parity. That you have it. You you can, you always have hope in the NFL if you're an NFL fan because you look to your the team to your right or the team to your left in your division or in that same conference. And you go, damn, they went from worst to first. That why can't we do it? Well, and if there's a team this year that has that idea, it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Drafting exactly. both rookies of the year on offense and defense a year ago, a top five defense with a quarter with what was quarterback challenge last year. Now they've added this quarterback. And if you watched episode one last night, Aaron Rodgers can still oh, still man. throw the ball, man. Uh, he can sling it. He can. He got a thousand yard receiver, and they were how, how many? Who they have thrown to Garrett Wilson last year? Exactly. Zach Wilson, Wilson and Mike White. Exactly. Mike White. Yeah, exactly. It was, bad. it was bad. They had terrible. I mean, they had, they had bottom five of the league quarterback play last year, bottom three of the league, and they still nearly made the playoffs. And that's why the Jets are seen as a team that, can, with yeah. Aaron Rodgers, can take that next leap. And to your point, we'll see if Hard Knocks is a good thing or bad. Uh, last night's episode. I think was, they uh, still can make the playoffs. I was just giving you the, the information. Can they win a playoff game? Can they win a playoff game? Well, yeah. And, well, in that division, I agree with you. And I would say this about the Patriots in that division. You know, they were they led the NFL in sacks last year, right behind the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they can they, their defense is going to be good. If Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones working together uh, improves their offense in New England, they will be a factor, along with Miami, Buffalo, and now Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Uh, there's Rod's rant of the, the day, the first one. Have another one later on in the program. We do five hours, five days a week here on Ian Rod B. Coming next. It is bullish or BS, some big topics, including about a 455-pound offensive lineman. Can that work? Can that something can happen? Are you bullish on that? <laughs> also bullish or BS on uh, some other topics we'll hit coming next. Still looking for a name. Somebody said, hey, why don't you call it one of y'all's favorite terms, you people. You people. <laughs> you people. And Ian Rodby. <laughs> I like that. It's not bad. Not bad. Uh, time for Bullish or BS, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Austin's undefeated hey now. professional bull riding team will be in Anaheim, California this weekend. 5-0 and on the year. Um, have made the most prize mm-hmm. money for the team bull riding concept. They're going to be in Austin for Gambler Days coming up August 25th through 27th with at live the, music each night. At it's the a, mood. The mood. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, great event. And we talked to JJ yesterday. They're going to face the Carolina Cowboys on Friday night head-to-head. Those are the best two teams. Two teams yeah. They would be your you know, your best two. Because remember, the Carolina Cowboys in the are owned by Richard Childress Racing. Uh, the NASCAR team. Oh, I didn't they know that. The deep pockets, deep pockets. Oh, wow. And of course, Austin has a very deep pocketed owners as well, so uh, mm-hmm. they are in. Uh, but bullish or BS? Pretty simple. Are we bullish on a topic, or is it BS? Including this, uh, Rod Babers, TCU <laughs> has a freshman named Brion Ramsey Brooks. This is wild. He's six foot five, four hundred and fifty-five pounds. Mm. He's from South Oak Cliff High School in <laughs> Dallas, Brion. Are you bullish or BS on a 6'5", 455-pounder for the Frogs? Yeah. I, and he's a freshman, right? Freshman. So in the strength and conditioning program, he's going to get uh, you know, some a nutritionist uh, on a different diet. Man, he probably will lose, I don't know. 100 pounds? Yeah, you need him to lose 100. But I would say just his first year, I think he'll probably lose like 40. And then he's got... 
he's got baby fat on him because he's still like yeah. you know a youngster, a teenager. So between him getting his grown man body and being in a a top level strength and conditioning program, nutrition, diet, I think he might lose like forty. 40 pounds, like in his first full year at the next level. He is 6'5". You can't coach that. Because he's got a lot of, you know, that's a, he's got a lot of, like like I said, baby fat, there's, excess weight. There's no way he's good. Oh, we'll see. You don't I, think he's good at is all? Is he even rated as a recruit? I don't know. I have no I, idea. I bet I didn't see anything on it. I, I guarantee you. He has to be a walk-on or something. Yeah, every guy is. that I ever played, I played D-line, believe it or not. Every guy I ever played against that was that big. Go right around him. Oh, yeah, easy. Well, and I'm looking at a picture of him right here. His jersey is struggling. Let me just say that. His jersey <laughs> is having a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't even know how you get – like, I always wanted because we were in Jester, and Big Leonard Davis lived in Jester. Like he lived in Jester now, dorms. Now, Big Leonard Davis is the, one of the biggest individuals I've biggest ever seen. Biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life, and I believe they had to have a specially ordered bed for Leonard in Jester because and he came from the a tiny other... 1A school, like Wortham, Texas. Yes, yeah, country strong, country <sighs> strong, and he was huge. So I don't even know how because Big Sean Rogers actually lived in the dorm too. I don't know how big dudes like that actually stayed in. Dorm. So I don't know Leonard where this guy's gonna like sleep. Six, he needs a specially ordered bed. So if he's going to live in the dorms. I remember one time Leonard came to the radio station. He, he's got the biggest hands you've ever seen. His hands yeah. look like like mitts of he's some kind. Gargantuan. Looks like something out of an huge. X-Man movie. But the nicest guy. <laughs> he is. He's a big teddy bear. And my favorite story on Leonard Davis was that he used to play basketball, too. Can you imagine that guy playing 1A basketball? What are you doing with that dude? That goes to Ty's point. <laughs> Ty, Ty wants to know, like, hey, I need to know if this guy can actually move on his feet. It's good that he's huge, all that. But can he? does he actually have the ability to move as feet. an offensive lineman? And what is played, feet like? Because Leonard Davis was not fat. I mean, he was just huge. It was and, he, awesome. and he had great feet. Yep. This guy seems to, he needs to lose 50, 50, 75 pounds. I mean, 100. CJ, yeah, probably 100. Start with 50, let's get to 50 more. CJ Vogel at Football Brainiacs, he did a great chart. He was measuring the basically big humans on every roster, starting at 320 pounds. If you look at 350 plus pounds in the Big 12 on the rosters, Iowa State has two of those human beings. K State has one, Texas has four of them. Four three hundred fifty plus pound human beings, yeah. uh, and I guess this is kid is the newest, but he that's needs, a freshman. He needs to be down to about three fifty, and and maybe he has a chance at TCU. Uh, all right, so bullish or BS? Coming up in our next segment, before uh, after we get to the headlines, we're going to talk about this Washington Commanders thing with Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera. That's making the uh, the waves in the NFL. Ron Rivera, you know, openly saying that Eric Bieniemy, his intensity has been off-putting to some of the, the running backs and some of the team's offensive players. Really? So we're you mean gonna... the losers don't like what a winner is saying when he's coming in? Right, so we'll hear from Ron <laughs> Rivera and Eric Bieniemy coming up on how this all operates. Uh, are you bullish or BS on, A, the Washington football team this year and Eric Bieniemy revving up their offense? Bullish on Eric Bieniemy, BS on the team uh, overall as a whole. And you wonder but I think Ron he will Re- improve the offense. I want to ask you this about why Ron Rivera went public with that. He didn't have to say that out loud. I, I love Ron. He coached me and when I was with the Bears. He's our defensive coordinator. Love me some Ron Rivera. That. Can't wait to get into that. What did you have in bullish or BS there, T.Y.? Well, the New England Patriots, New York Jets, and the Dallas Cowboys are teams that uh, reportedly are very interested in signing Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, Zeke! Oh, no! Are you bullish or BS on Zeke coming home? Like I've been saying for a few months now oh, to the Dallas Cowboys. BS, man. What Go are we doing? Go to New England. 
It's like marrying a and woman if, you already divorced. And if you're the Cowboys and you would need some some depth at running back, go get Kareem Hunt. Go get Kareem Hunt. Yes, go get Kareem Hunt. He's never been an every down back, a lead back in an offense. He's always oh. been the, the second guy. He's 200. I give me Kareem Hunt over Zeke. What are you doing, Cowboys? Bring him home. And, Ty, you can just rename your dog Kareem. <laughs> tri- or Hunt. Tri- I don't know. Oh, man. That's <laughs> terrible news. Uh, I say BS on that, too. We Miss also BS. will uh, reset those headlines. How about Kyle Tucker last night? King Tuck. Tuck. One of the bigger swings of the uh, MLB season. Uh, We'll get to that. Plus the Rangers on a heater. All coming back in our headlines.